Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Pop Culture Podcast, where a pop culture podcast, Jocker, hosted by two ridiculous human beings who moonlight as graduate students. I'm Erica Glass. And I'm Elizabeth Brockway. So, welcome to the pod week one post The Bachelor. I know this is really weird for me. Like, it was Monday last week, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? What I am I watching today? I know. This is bizarre. Yeah, but. I think, I mean, other than Jeopardy, there's not a lot for me to watch on Mondays. And by Jeopardy, I mean that's on every single day of the week, and I DVR it. Right. So, whatever. <laughs> I mean, there's Dancing with the Stars, which which has our lovely friend Misha Barton in it, but, I mean, that's pretty much it. So, and I'm not really watching that either. So Yeah, it's like, I just can't do Dancing with the Stars, but I do have to say, she has started a Snapchat because of Dancing with the Stars, that's amazing. And it's great. And so I look at that and she frequently Snapchats, uh, like does Snapchat videos where she clearly mm-hmm. thinks that she's recording sound and she's not recording sound and it just doesn't work. Oh my God, that's amazing. But it's just like, Ugh, amazing. Love you. <laughs> I love her. Anyway. Um, anyway. Yeah. So let's get started. Yeah. The first thing that we have to talk about today, which is really exciting. We haven't had lots of updates, but... We're going to make some happen for you today um, is Gilmore Girls. So we've gotten Yay! confirmation. Yay. We've gotten confirmation. I didn't know that this was maybe We didn't even know this was happening. But Mae Whitman is going to be on Gilmore Girls. Supposedly, she's going to have like a really small role and like hang out with Lorelai, um, which is super cool because it's her other TV daughter in it's like in Gilmore Girls. It's like world smashing. It's fantastic. And for those of you who didn't watch Parenthood and have mm-hmm. been looking for a reason to cry, like, every 15 minutes, mm-hmm. like, go totally. watch Parenthood immediately because it is so fantastic and it... It's so good. Oh, my God. Like, talk about an emotional roller coaster. Monica Potter was robbed for not winning an Emmy in Golden Globe every single year because she was so fantastic. Right. I know. Also, Head Over Heels was a great movie. Ta- mm. Tangent over. <laughs> Back to Mae Whitman, who is just the coolest, and I love her. And, and this was is also exciting. in The Duff, which uh, is like so good. One of becoming one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> I watched it so many times, and it's so embarrassing because it's terrible. It's so bad. Yeah, it's so bad. But I love it. I bought it on Amazon Prime. Like that's how much I love. Yeah, I bought I it on iTunes. Find it anywhere, but but Amazon Prime, and then I I now I'm and I watch it all the time. Yeah, I I own it on iTunes, so I I watch it. Somewhat frequently. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, so Mae Whitman, I have to say, I bet because she's like so hilarious that mm-hmm. she, and like kind of a mess, but in a yeah. very loving way, I bet they use her to take the place of a lot of like Sookie's parts, you know? Like I oh, bet Mae Whitman be right. is going to like be part of like the Firefly. Firefly? Again? You might be right. Yeah. You might be right. Yeah, Dragonfly. Dragonfly. That makes more sense than Firefly. Um, oh, you might be right. Like, That's I don't weird, know if she's going to yeah. be a chef, but, like, I bet she's going to just, like, fill she that might be like, role. Yeah, she might be, like, a young sous chef who's, like, always getting into trouble or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. But, like, whatever. Yeah. I, I have to say, if we're not going to get Melissa McCarthy, I yeah. do, I do kind of feel like Mae Whitman is, like, a pretty good alternate. Substitute. Yeah. yeah. I agree. 
I would still love to see Melissa McCarthy, though. For and, sure. Like, that's something that I'm never going to stop thinking or wishing for and saying, but whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, Mate Woman's going to be fun. Yeah. I mean, I just, like, I will accept any may Whitman into my life like i feel like she's mm-hmm. so kind of like a cult hit but underutilized and she's just is so she great. even a cult hit though like i feel like she had she's like in a lot of random stuff that people really like like she was in um uh, scott pilgrim and she's yeah, she so was. good in scott pilgrim so she's in a lot of the these kind of like kind of alt things yeah um, and mm-hmm. has like a I think the people who like her really like her. Yeah. So moving on from me, women, though, we do love her. Other bit of Gilmore Girls news. Mm -hmm. Um, Sutton Foster has filmed her scene. The only thing that makes this exciting for me is that like she's like Broadway legend and is perfect and was like she she right. She was on Bunheads and then she did this interview afterwards and she was like, I cried after filming my scene for Gilmore Girls because it was just so intense for me and, like, so many worlds were colliding and blah, 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 and Lauren Graham is amazing, and I was like, oh, my God, I love you so much, Sutton Foster. I bet. We don't know anything about Sutton Foster's role, do we? I don't know anything. I don't know if, like, the internet knows something, and I just maybe haven't seen it yet, but I don't. Yeah, I I haven't seen anything. I bet they have her doing something with Emily just because... Emily was also in Bunheads. You oh, know? Yeah, that's true. So I mm-hmm. just feel like they would, but maybe not. Maybe. Anyhow. Either way, very excited to see her on that. So yeah, so I've been re-watching some of Gilmore Girls season one because I didn't want to do any of my schoolwork and thought what better way to procrastinate than by watching Gilmore Girls season one. Duh. <laughs> And it got me to thinking there are a few people who had pretty small roles in the original run of the show, but large enough that I feel like I would really appreciate them being in the Netflix show, even for like a little just bit, a few scenes. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking that it's pretty unlikely for one of them, but, um, so the first person is Sebastian Bach who played Gil in Hep Alien, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the older... Um, guitar, bassist, 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 yeah. Yeah. Zach played guitar. Mm -hmm. No. Yes. No. Um, Brian played, no, no, Brian played the bass. Zach was drums. Zach. No, Zach was guitar. (laughs) Gil was the drums. Whatever. Who, yeah, wait, was. Now I'm looking this up. Gil had. This is like really frustrating. No, he played bass. No, Kiko, she played, um, oh, L- yeah. Lane was Lane drums. Lane played Duh. the drums. Yeah. Gosh. Oh, okay. oh my God. Whatever. Who even are we right now? <laughs> Seriously. Okay. Guitar. Mm-hmm. I guess Gil, Gil played guitar. Okay. Anyway. So, um, Sebastian Bach, who played Gil mm-hmm. in Hep Alien, he was the older guy who ended up playing guitar, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. in real life, um, was in the eighties hair band, um, Skid Row. <laughs> which i just think is like amazing that they just like have this like real glam rock star yeah just totally. like in gilmore girls but whatever i feel like he's not doing that much right now so mm. i feel like he could easily be in the netflix show i don't know if that's a totally ridiculous thing to to think or hope for but i'm really pulling for gil 
and I don't then think the it's other totally one ridiculous. I think I think he could make it his way in there, right? Like that wouldn't be that weird because I feel like they're definitely gonna have a happy alien reunion, right? Exactly. I mean, like that's like how can you do a Gilmore Girls revival without a happy alien reunion? You know, so fantastic. <sighs> Anyway. Um, and then the other person who also is related to Hepalian, mm-hmm. who I'm going to go ahead and say I can almost 100% predict will not be in the Netflix show, is Adam Brody, who, mm-hmm. lest you forget, played Lane's first boyfriend, Dave, mm-hmm. who went to go move to California to the then go be in the OC. Yeah, look... I miss him. I missed him, even though I love Lane and Zach. Like, I have to say that for a little bit, I wish the OC wouldn't have happened just so that Dave could stay <gasps> and get more girls. What? I know that's like blasphemy for you, but it's just what I wanted. And I'm sorry that I have, it's taken me so long to admit this to you, but it's what's in my like, I, I understand. I understand what, I understand what you're saying. And... <laughs> I don't disagree in that I would love Lane and Dave to be together, mm-hmm. even though I do love Lane and Zach and their babies. Right. That's the thing is that I love Lane and Zach, but I just really want Dave back. Always. But like, I love nothing more than I love the OC. So like, that is blasphemy. I know. I know. It's hard for you to hear, but it's just how I felt. I'm sorry. God. So um, speaking anyway, of, <laughs> speaking yeah, of the OC. Speaking of the OC. Yeah, we got we got um some some eyebrow action this week yeah. this past week. We got a little taste of Sandy Cohen back on our small screens. Back on Fox. Back on Fox this week on New Girl. He plays mm-hmm. Schmidt's dad, but you don't know mm-hmm. he's Schmidt's dad and then Jess makes out with him and then Schmidt is like you just made out with my dad. This is gross. Um, and his name is Gavin. Yeah, his name is Gavin. It's like, just like so perfect. It's like the also like the most bizarre name for like Schmidt's father to have. Like totally. Like Gavin Schmidt. Like what is that name? Like what you know? Also, do you do you think we're gonna find out Schmidt's name at their wedding? Oh, maybe, or maybe it'll be like Mr. Big, and we'll never know. No, we know Big's well, name. We, you find out in the last well, episode. You know, you find just out. Like, no, you find out in the movie. You don't even know Big's name in the last episode. Yes, you do. No, you don't. Yes, you do, because she's walking away and she's doing her voiceover where she goes yes. like, yes, yes, but yes, the yes, relationship yes. you have You're with right. yourself right. is whatever fabulous. And then she like gets a phone call and she pulls out her like pink bedazzled phone and it says John. And then she's like, hey. And he says, just put the house in Napa on the market or whatever, New York here I come. And it's like, she wouldn't have his name as John in her phone. She would have it as big because she hasn't called him big for six seasons to have his name as John in her phone. But still, I'm happy that I know that his name is John. Well, okay. So here's my theory is that like, she calls him big because that's what she calls him in the column because she can't say his real name in the column. Right. Right. Um, but I don't think she calls him Mr. Big to her friends. I think to her friends, she says John, but because we, as the audience slash column readers can't know his name, oh, like they dub it with big. Do you know what I'm interesting. saying? Interesting. Yeah. But like, I do call people that I'm dating, not their first name to my friends, because if I call them by their first name, then it just feels too real. Hmm. So I give them nicknames. Some of them are more appropriate than others. Like I dated a guy from Canada once and I exclusively referred to him as Canada. 
Yeah. Not to his face. His no. name was also John. Interesting. Hey John. <laughs> hey, John. Totally. Dear John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that seems like, I, I guess like the, the tradition is, is you find out in the last episode, because that's the same with Mrs. Ari and Entourage. You find out mm-hmm. her name in the mm-hmm. last episode. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what her name is. That's okay. I think it was Sarah. I don't know. I never whatever. watched Entourage. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it for, for Sandy Cohen, but I miss him, but I was happy to see him back on TV, TBH. Me too. But yeah. Totally. I'm always happy to see an OC alum, except if they're Chris Brown, because gross. Speaking of like another thing only tangentially related to Gilmore Girls, (laughs) this week I was watching, um, Sunday night's episode of The Good Wife, Mm -hmm. which was fantastic, I still have to watch The Good Wife, like, don't tell me anything that happens, (sighs) so that I can just watch all of it when it's all done. I mean, so much happens that I, like, couldn't, I mean, it would take me forever. It's so dramatic and amazing. (laughs) Anyway... Um, one of the guest stars this week was none other than Mr. Max Medina. Yeah. Um, so that was like a fun little surprise. Max And Medina. then, Max so Max Medina. Max Medina was being sued by someone. Mm-hmm. And then one of the experts that was called for his case, um, was played by Leslie Odom Jr., oh, who plays Aaron him. Burr oh, and him. Hamilton. And we saw Hamilton last week. We saw Hamilton last week. And when I tell you that it was like every holiday rolled into one plus <laughs> like my birthday 20 times, that's what it was. I was literally jumping out of my skin. I've been... She squealed. <laughs> she squealed audibly. In the middle of the show, no less. Like, it was like... It was fantastic. Was it when Jonathan Groff came on stage? <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Groff yeah. comes out and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was... So- okay, so that's like another... Other than us just like freaking out about how much we loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Groff is leaving Hamilton. He so for all Hamilton. of you who... <laughs> haven't seen Hamilton and want to see it and somehow have a way to get around the impossibility of getting tickets. Yeah. You have now until from now until April 9th to get Jonathan Groff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's so good in it. And I spent a lot of hours today trying to find videos of him performing it online and they don't exist. No, they don't. They all get taken down within like a day. But I think such a bummer. Part of it is in the 60 minutes piece that they did. So if you want to oh, see it again, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was so good. I know because it's like it's not enough to just listen because like his whole walk and facial expression, I, I like is just so fantastic. So I'd been listening to the soundtrack for like quite a while, right, in preparation for. Well, hold on. Backstory for everyone else who doesn't know anything about what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Let's do that first. So. Hamilton is this like huge, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows this, but mm-hmm. it's this hugely successful show on Broadway mm-hmm. and it's like hip hop rap about um, Alexander Hamilton mm-hmm. and um, Jonathan Groff plays King George, uh, King George. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and he's only on stage for like seven minutes and yeah, they're the he, best yeah. seven minutes of the show. Yeah. He has like three, three minute long songs. So it's like, nine minutes long that he's on stage and then like a little bit extra with like right after he sings one of them. So it's like actually just 10 minutes of your life in an otherwise two hour and 45 minute long show because yeah, which is, I mean the other, 
two hours and 35 minutes. Right. Are so great too that like it is that even without him, it's beyond worth going, but right. he just really puts it over the top. He really does. So Alexander, so Hamilton was written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who also wrote my other favorite musical, which is called In the Heights. And I absolutely adore him. And basically the show is just Lin- Lin-Manuel Miranda's approach on Alexander Hamilton, who he like so much relates with basically he's this bastard son of this woman and this man and then his mother dies and he writes this poem because there's a hurricane basically like his story is like insane and he managed to find a way because he was so smart and so talented and wrote wrote so beautifully to like write himself out of his circumstance so he wrote this poem and then the entire island funded a trip for him to go to new york so that he could like escape this island and like become something bigger than himself. And that's where he gets involved in the American Revolution. And he does all these things. And Lin-Manuel Miranda read this biography and was like, how had no one written a musical about him ever before? And so then he wrote a musical and he said, this is a hip hop story. This is a rap story. And everyone's like, you're crazy. How is this a rap story? And he's like, because rap and hip hop are all about writing yourself out of your circumstance. And that is what Hamilton is. And, like, that's what Hamilton did. And he, he just, like, blows everyone's minds with this just genius, like, score and, like, these lyrics. And it's just, like, I don't even understand how you are who you are, but I appreciate it so much. And basically the entire time I was, like, close to crying. I couldn't cry for whatever reason. Yeah. I think I just had a lot of emotions. But I was just, like... <laughs> I mean, it, it really it really is just one of those... I, I, Obviously, Erica is a fan of Broadway. <laughs> what? That was not clear already. What? Um, I myself, I, I don't dislike Broadway by mm-hmm. any means, but like, I just, it never occurs to me to like do that or anything. And a lot of it, I think, is like a little too over the top for me. So I can't totally take it in. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do enjoy a good show, mm-hmm. good song and dance. Good song and dance? And, yeah, but, like, you know, the thing about Hamilton, and I, I feel the same way about um, Book of Mormon, and obviously I'm choosing two shows that are, like, wildly successful, so this is not, like, an original thought by right. any means. But, um, that you know, it's like you see them and you're just like, oh, this is, this is creativity at mm-hmm. its finest. Like, this is someone who had an idea, like, a truly original idea, and it's done in the best possible way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for so. me, this just, I've listened to a lot of musicals and I've watched a lot of musicals. I have a book full of playbills of musicals that I've seen. And like, this is literally the best thing I've ever heard or watched. And it's just, it brings such a different level. Aside from the fact that it's done, like everything is hip hop or rap, or if you're King George, it's... um. British Invasion Pop, which is just fantastic. Like, just everyone singing in hip-hop and rap, and then all of a sudden King George sends his messages out in, like, Beatles-style, like, British punk pop. And you're just like... Like, it's just... Even just how perfect that is written. Beyond that, it's just, like, the entire cast is Black and Latino actors. Yeah, and it's just... It's... It's breaking all of the rules, mm-hmm. but also paying, like, 
you know, it's making fun of Broadway and mm-hmm. all of its tropes, but in such a kind of honorary way, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that, okay, this is going to be a ridiculous thing to say, mm-hmm. but one of the reasons why, like, I love Scream mm-hmm. and all of the Scream movies mm-hmm. is because it's totally poking fun right. at the ridiculousness that are horror movies. Like, right. They are such train wrecks and it's like are so predictable and have Mm -hmm. such obvious tropes. But so Scream makes fun of all of them, but then also does all of them and does them so well Mm -hmm. that, you know, you kind of like forget the fact that all of this has been done before Mm -hmm. and you get lost in it. And that's kind of the same thing with Hamilton where, um, you know, I mean, it's like with Jonathan Groff's song, you know, I mean, it's like he is singing with that exact right hook in that, you know, totally over-the-top way with such pageantry. Right. But it it works so right. well. And, you know, I mean, it's like they have the big, like, the hooks that they play over and over mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. that are repeated and all these different things that are, you know, they're staples of Broadway and mm-hmm. musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're doing it in such a creative way. I mean, it was just so, – it was so fun and you really pay attention – and you just see these different actors who just look like they're having such a blast, yeah. even though they must be doing this like a million and a half times yeah. a day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like. But it was great. And it's just like everyone. So the way that Lin-Manuel Miranda explained it is that he wanted American America today to be reflected in American history. And so mm-hmm. using like black and Latino actors, right. Is just like, that's just the way of doing that for him. And then he has this great line which where he's like immigrants, we get the job done. And it's just like, it's fantastic. The way that everything just kind of, you're right, breaks rules and, and turns into this, but it's like this love story, like to Broadway. And it's like this love story for American history, but it's just like, also shoving in your face like what being a good person means right and like what inclusivity means and it's just it's fantastic and if you don't get a chance to see it just listen to the soundtrack which I mean doesn't it sounds like won't do it justice but it totally will because you get to imagine your own Hamilton and that's almost just as powerful so yeah. I could go on and on about this, so we really should stop. <laughs> but Yeah, but, we've been going for 30 minutes, yeah. so we should move on to the next <laughs> But one. it's great, and it's just, I my life has changed, and that sounds, like, really ridiculous, but it's true, so we're going to go with it. No, whatever. <laughs> um, So another musical um, number that mm-hmm. came into my life in a really important way this week <laughs> um was this new song called In the End. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a real work of art. (laughs) And, you know, I don't want to say it's the best song that I've heard Mm -hmm. um, because it's not, and that would be a lie. But Mm -hmm. um, it does feature some people that were really important to me once upon a time. And their names are Nick Carter, (laughs) AJ McLean, Howie Durrow, Joey Fatone, Mm -hmm. Chris Kirkpatrick... And then, like, some people from, like, 98 Degrees and O-Town who are, like, not the important people. I mean, to be fair, but, some of these people are still important in our lives, you know? 
I mean, like, everyone from Backstreet Boys and everyone from NSYNC is super important to me. Right. And Ashley Parker Angel. Right. Um, right. From O-Town. Who so actually was also on Broadway. He played Link Larkin yeah. in one of the Hairspray runs. But anyway. And then, Tre- I don't remember Trevor's last name, but Trevor from O-Town I thought mm-hmm. was really hot. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I'm sad to say that the song does not include any vocals by the most important boy band member of all time. I'm obviously referring to Brian Luttrell. <laughs> I'm sorry. But not Justin Timberlake or Nick Carter. Brian Luttrell. <laughs> no. Please. I mean, this song does include Nick Carter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> first of all. <laughs> sorry. Second of all, Justin Timberlake not only helped ruin the popularity of Backstreet Boys, but he abandoned his brothers in NSYNC <laughs> to selfishly start his own massive career, which I very much enjoyed most of, but whatever. Brian Luttrell forever. Anyway, as I learned from watching the Backstreet Boys documentary, which is available to stream on Netflix and is very highly rated, not just by me. I mean, I rate it very highly, but by the on Netflix, it is rated very highly. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian has been suffering with some vocal strains, mm. um, and it really was um, cause for some drama with the boys <laughs> when they were doing the reunion tour in 2012. But it seems like things are okay because I follow them on Instagram, and they have their Backstreet Boys cruise that... Honestly, is like the only cruise I would consider going on. I totally went to the Backstreet Boys reunion concert in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And let me tell you that Brian sounded just fine. (laughs) He was fine. It was fantastic. Jesse McCartney opened. I'm pretty. It's great. I'm pretty sure I would cry. I'm pretty. And by pretty sure, I mean, I 100% would cry. It was so good. It was so good. Oh. God, I love Backstreet Boys so much. Anyway, can't go down that road because that'll take me forever to come back. <laughs> but so this new song came out. Um, it's going to be for this fantastic film that's going to be premiering on the Sci-Fi Channel, which mm-hmm. is home of the ridiculous movie starring has-beens like Sharknado 1 and 2. And um, this one is called Dead 7. And it's a Western, but about zombies. Mm-hmm. And it has all of, I don't know if all of them, of these guys who are in the song, but it definitely has um, Nick Carter and AJ and Howie D and mm-hmm. Joey and Chris Kirkpatrick in it. So get excited for that. It's coming out um, on April 1st. So it's going to be a pretty big deal. Moving on to like more fun things, I guess. I don't know. Sure. A real news-ish. Um, the Bridget Jones's baby trailer came out Mm -hmm. and I'm so pumped. It looks so bad. Like it's going to be so bad, but I'm going to be really excited about it. So in this movie, I guess her and Mr. Darcy either they get divorced or they didn't get married or whatever. They're not together. They probably didn't get married. I don't think they would make poor Bridget a divorcee as well as. You know, I don't know. Maybe. Totally. I, yeah, I don't know. But so whatever. So they're not together. Um, no. And then she meets a hot American played by Patrick Dempsey. Ugh. Um, and starts dating him. I'm and excited to see McDreamy back on, state, on screen. So. 
For sure. Into it. Shenanigans ensue, Mm -hmm. and she gets knocked up, Mm -hmm. and dun-dun-dun, she doesn't know who the baby daddy is. Yep. And Emma Thompson plays her gynecologist. I know, and I'm so... Her OBGYN. I'm, like, really excited for Emma Thompson in this, because, like, she's great, and she also has the greatest I'm-judging-you face of all time, Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. (laughs) watching her do that for two hours is going to be super fun. But apparently... yeah. Yeah. With this movie, they had Renee Zellweger and the boys film both endings with both actors being the baby's father. Interesting. And I so, have to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and say though that like things don't work out for Patrick Dempsey's character because things never work out for Patrick Dempsey's character. Right. I mean he died in the last thing he was in, so there's that. And also like Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. And everything else but also like no, it worked out in things uh, have to work out for mr darcy it, because like i love mr darcy yeah it worked out for patrick dempsey and can't buy me love uh he <laughs> looked so handsome in can't buy me love i know i watched that recently it's With on that giant streaming. nose but i love it i know oh god i love me some 80s me too but yeah so i don't know I don't know who the father is. You're probably right. It's probably going to be Mr. Darcy. It really should be because if Bridget Jones and Mark Darcy don't end up together after three freaking movies of them trying to get together, I'm going to feel really betrayed by the Bridget Jones franchise. And also Colin Firth, low key slash high key, have a really big crush on him. So, yeah, I mean, I have to say, though, so it's like totally agree with you. I have a crush on Colin Firth and anything that he's in, mm-hmm. including, um, oh, God, what was it called? Kingsman. The Knights. Yeah, the Kingsman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, including Same. the Kingsman. He was he was dapper. Same. As all hell in that movie. <laughs> there was like this young kid who was like a oh, spy. Oh, Eggsy? Super and, hot. Yeah. And I was there like, yeah, yeah, yeah he's cute. But like Colin Firth, though. Like no, like also super, super cute. And I mean, super into Eggsy. They're making a second one and I'm very excited about it. Oh, um, but no, that's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say is like, even though I have this massive crush on Colin Firth and mm-hmm. am totally down, mm-hmm. of all of the actors that I've ever seen kiss anyone on screen, he looks like by far the worst kisser. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I always notice that whenever he is kissing scenes. Yeah, I'm totally. always just like, that's not how you do that though. Yeah, he looks like he's eating everyone's face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're just like, that's not how you kiss, Colin. You're totally right. You're 100% right. right. But I don't care. <laughs> I know. I mean, I would still be down to try. I'd be like, look. Like what? I can teach you. We just have to practice a lot. <laughs> right. So. Like all the time. Right. Okay. So since we like brought up uh, 80s heartthrob who's back on. Mm-hmm. Well, this is gonna be on the big screen, but now I'm talking about the the smaller the smaller screen, the boob tube, if you will. <laughs> um, Andrew McCarthy, formerly of the Brat Pack, mm-hmm. is um, in this new ABC show called The Family. Mm-hmm. Um, not on ABC Family, but it's on ABC, and it is called The Family. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's so good. So there's been four episodes, I think, and mm-hmm. it has um, a lot of kind of like randos, like Zach Guilford, who played Matt Saracen in mm-hmm. Friday Night Lights, Texas Forever, and Allison Pill, um, who was in the newsroom and just like in stuff, was engaged to Jay Baruchel, who I have a fat crush on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
two other people who I'm I know are like relatively famous, but I don't know who they are, so <laughs> whatever. Um, but anyway, so Andrew McCarthy plays um this kind of like a little bit weird guy who lives across the street from this family. Um, and the show takes place in two different timelines. One is about 10 years ago and one is current day. And what happens is that um, the youngest son gets kidnapped um, 10 years ago. And the show starts by this boy kind of stumbling into town and into the police station and being like, I'm him. And um, Andrew McCarthy has been sent to prison, convicted for killing, for kidnapping and killing this kid. But because there's no body, like, mm-hmm. I guess he's not on death row or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And he admit, oh, no. he So he admits to doing it, even though he didn't do it. And um, basically the entire show is like, is this boy who has reappeared, is it really this kid? Mm-hmm. And it seems like probably it is not. But he was, this kid was kidnapped and, like, tortured, basically, and, like, molested for 10 years. So it's, like, eh, it's, like, hmm. sucks either way. Anyway, my whole point is that Andrew McCarthy is in it. And it's so weird because it's, like, I loved Andrew McCarthy and all the Brat Pack movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, Rob Lowe was obviously my, like, number one fave <laughs> and, like, still is my number one fave. But, you know, in, like, St. Elmo's Fire, Andrew McCarthy's character is, like, so charming and like tortured and then he's in um oh god he's in less than zero he's in um pretty in pink like he's just like in all these movies and he's like so charming and he's like yeah he's handsome but he's not too handsome so it's like believable that you could date him and just yeah totally he's he's so great i mean anyway in this pretty in pink is like fantastic i yeah totally right it's just like I love you so much. Like, I just, I just want you to be my boyfriend forever. <laughs> Seriously. Apparently that's not how the movie was supposed to end originally. Oh, like, really? They weren't supposed to end up together. Yeah. But whatever. I'm glad that they did. So it's fine. You're glad um, they didn't? No, I'm glad that they do end up together. Oh, 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 oh. Right. They like, end up together, right? I think so. It's kind yeah. of like a weird ending where it's like, they're not completely happy. But they're like together. Am I wrong? I yeah. Feel like, I feel like I don't really remember. I haven't seen it in a while. But I feel neither. like they kiss outside of prom in her ugly pink dress. Yeah, but I feel like it's like kind of bittersweet because Ducky. Yeah. Yeah, but like I don't like Ducky, so like whatever. Yeah. Neither did Molly okay. Ringwald. Apparently, she like super <laughs> hated him. Yeah, well, like John Cryer is annoying. You know, Charlie <laughs> Sheen was right. Anyway. anyway. Now the point. So basically what I'm saying is that like I'm so used to um, Andrew McCarthy just like being so kind of sweet. Yeah, sweet and wonderful. And then in this, it's like it seems like this guy has like really just been screwed over his entire life. Yeah. And you are really made to feel bad for him. But he's accused of doing all these like terrible things. And because it's like this dark crime show, like I'm sure even though we're – supposed to think that he didn't do anything like i'm sure in reality he probably has done a lot of these things and we're just gonna like find out and like the season finale and be like (gasps) yeah oh my god it'll be like oh my god i can't believe he sucks so badly totally but like andrew mccarthy is doing such a good job of like just being so kind of creepy in this like broken fragile way and it's just he's so good and i'm so Mm -hmm. happy that andrew mccarthy is like back in my life 
even though I wasn't alive when he was like in his prime. But you know, he's like back and he's just like doing such a good job. And yeah. it's really, I have to, for anyone who was like at least minorly interested in the Brat Pack movies, like it's, it's worth checking out even just for that. Anyway. Um, so speaking of crazy psycho killers, um, I guess if we're going to go that route, um, how to get away with murder this week. It was the season finale Okay. this past week and it was just like i don't know what they're doing anymore i guess i'm happy that okay i'm just gonna give backstory first so basically what's happening right now is um wes has just found out these crazy things about his mother and his father and his past that are all connected to annalise which we kind of knew was gonna happen but it's kind of a little too insane for me. Um, Annalise was pregnant 10 years ago and then she miscarried basically because she got into this car accident. And so she's got like this whole like psychosis about it, which makes total sense, but it's just like, whoa. And then totally. the season ends with Wes confronting this man who he didn't know was his father, who basically they insinuated has molested his mother or molested his mother. And that's the reason that she was pregnant with him. And he's, wait, 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 what was his father? <laughs> uh huh. Was his mother's boss. She was a cleaning oh, lady. Oh, 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 okay. 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 And Sorry, go ahead. Wes's father molested Wes's mother. And that's how she ends up pregnant with Wes. And so they reveal this, this episode and you're just like, what, what's happening? Whatever. Or they reveal it the episode before the, the finale. And you're like, this is nuts. Wes goes to confront his father. This is the last scene of the season. We're in the se- season finale. He goes to confront his father. He is standing outside of his office building in Manhattan. And all of a sudden, this man's head gets legitimately blown off. Like somebody shoots sure. him. Who sure, shoots sure. him? <laughs> I don't know. The theory is... Like, the biggest theory and the one that makes the most sense is that Frank shot him because Frank... Because Frank kills everyone. <laughs> because well, One, because Frank kills kills everyone. And two, because he has some beef with this guy and his family because he... This guy's family is the reason that Annalise was in a car... Was in the car accident where she lost her baby because they wanted to shut her up. And Frank... Wait, but, like, why does Frank care? Because Frank gave them the information... Because he was sick of how poorly she was treating him. And he gave them the information that led them to saying, we have to shut her up. Which led them to killing her baby in a car accident. How old is Frank? Frank is like 30 something. I don't know. But. Oh, so so he did, so, so he did this. There was a car accident recently when she was pregnant. No, 10 years ago. So this whole backstory is from okay. is from 10 years ago from like when Wes's mom died and then he becomes an orphan. I haven't watched really at all this season, mm-hmm. so I'm but this sounds intriguing. It's I mean just ridiculous, like, but it's intriguing. Just like, it's just so ridiculous and the fact that you have to ask so many questions about it is just like, <laughs> you know, like that's how you know how how ridiculous and how in circles they make you go, but it's just like Right. I was like, "What is going on like everybody is betraying everybody everybody's killing someone 
everyone's father is a killer. It's just like, I don't even understand what's going on. Am I going to watch the third season? Absolutely. Do I want to not watch the third season and save myself the heartache and just nausea? Yeah. So, I mean, like, let me just say once again, Mm -hmm. and look, like, this is coming from someone who hasn't watched the show in a while, Mm -hmm. but, like, if I've learned anything, listen to your heart when it's calling for you. Okay. (laughs) The last bit that uh, we got to talk about this week Mm -hmm. is girls. Yeah. So, fortunately, we're recording after having seen the latest episode, so we get to just give you our like full thoughts on yeah. what's happening to these women cuz like I think, I what mean, is happening to is, them this is my favorite season i i think so too and it's like that's a that's a lot to say yeah i mean cuz like and it's not like these char- like things are not necessarily going that well for these characters but it just feels very real yeah and in yeah. in a way it kind of just feels like lena dunham was all of a sudden just like you know what i'm gonna stop trying to please everyone i'm gonna stop trying to be cool and like be the it girl and yeah. i'm gonna just like write real tv people. yeah and yeah like write real people and mm-hmm. like write real voices and you know like in the beginning of season in the first episode where she says to her parents um I think I could be the voice of my of my generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or maybe yeah. a voice of a generation. Yeah. You know, like that seemed so great when that line happened. And it was like, oh my God, she is going to be the voice of our generation. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it got like so kind of lost there for a bit. Yeah. But it feels like back to that original thing where it's just like, you know, now she's like a little bit older, a little bit more mature. And so it's just a little bit, seems like everything's a little bit more together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it just feels real again. And it's, I don't know, I'm really liking it. It's, and I, I, I'm happy that they're just going for things. Like they're trying things that could be total disasters. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really working. So like, it, you know, especially with, um, with Adam and Jessa, mm-hmm. I think that it's such a risk a lot of the time to put two of your main characters together. Um, mm-hmm. If they don't start off the show that way. Yeah. But it can really work sometimes. Like we saw it, obviously, like the most famous example is Monica and Chandler. Right. Friends. Right. And they're like one of the best TV couples of all time. Mm -hmm. And if they felt like so natural and so amazing Mm -hmm. and just felt like they were like really in love. And I I mean, obviously, Jessa and Adam are not going to be. Monica and Chandler, but at the same time, it, like you, you I do feel, you know, but I do feel like their scenes together, mm-hmm. it just feels like, oh yeah, that's like what real love feels like between two people. Like they just, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like they get each other, which. Yeah. Yeah. I really like Jessa and Adam. And it's also true too that like if you have two characters like them, you also don't want to put them with people that you don't know, right? Like mm-hmm. it's always weird when they introduce like a third party. Especially because they're both kind of two supporting characters that together they can be a main character. Right. But like it felt weird when Adam was dating Sherry Appleby. Right. You know, like that was like that was a good storyline. I liked a lot of what came out of that, but it was just kind of like well, he's, like, not connected to the rest of the show. So, like, why are we watching this? Right, exactly. 
everyone right now in girls is going through something and it's just like it's kind of nice to watch them deal with such like real emotional things and like yeah and just kind of like let the characters hang out to dry you know like right. there's no sense that things are gonna be okay for everyone right which is kind of refreshing yeah because i mean with girls you always feel like okay well lena will take care of them like they will be fine well, I kind of feel like that way in most TV shows, you know, it's like very rarely do you ever feel like your characters are in any real danger, whether it's yeah. mortal danger or just emotional danger. Yeah. And but in this, I mean, it's like even when, you know, Hannah's having her like OCD freak mm-hmm, out, mm-hmm. even then you were like, well, this is so extreme that obviously she's going right. to come back from this. Or even right. in like Sex in the City when Samantha had breast cancer, it was like, yeah, this is scary, but also like they're not going to kill Samantha from right, exactly. breast cancer, like for right. many reasons. In this sense, I mean, in this in girls right now, it's like, no, like I, I really do think that Jessa and Hannah might not be friends anymore at the end of the show. And I think that that scene between the two of them at Rice to Riches. Oh my God. It was great. Was one of the best shows of the, uh, one of the best scenes of the series. Mm-hmm. They I were agree. both like... I think that um, Jemima Kirk is just so natural in front of the camera and is just such a fantastic actress. She really, really I, is. Like, she really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, I think Lena Dunham did a really good job casting her there. And, like, granted, they're, like, really close friends. But... Right. But it's just... It's just so... She's so perfect for that part. And... Yeah. It's just... It's great. And, and like, what a smart move to put, I mean, I think the acting on the show in general is pretty great, but mm-hmm. what a smart move to put by far the two best actors on the show together. You know, yeah. it's like Adam Driver is like, he's doing this. His hair is like all long. Yeah. And stuff in the season, obviously, because he was like filming Star Wars. Yeah. 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 Around the same time. And he's like, you know, the next big movie star, basically. And here he is just like on girls and yeah i loved it and i loved that scene in in not this week's episode the the episode before with jess's sister where he's like no i like made all this money from the commercial like i'll pay for your school and it just like that's that like that is ridiculous but like it felt genuine and it felt like no like this could happen like these are two people who seem like they're so lost in this world but then somehow together they feel very much like no like we can handle this together. And it just is like, I don't know. It was like so sweet. I really liked it. Yeah. I have to say that like, even though originally I was like, that's going to suck if Adam and Jessica get together because I want Adam and Hannah to be together forever. Mm-hmm. I think they, they're they like quickly becoming my favorite couple on girls. For sure. And yeah, that like feels really blasphemous <laughs> for me to say. Yeah. But I'm I, I like it and I want more of it and I'm excited for it and I think they're actually like weirdly perfect for each other even though at first we all thought that like Hannah and Adam were like weirdly perfect for each other. I mean I think that like as wonderful as it is to kind of think that these passionate, dramatic romances mean that, you know, these are the right people mm-hmm. to be together, whether it's in like real life or in movies and TV shows Mm -hmm. that sometimes it's just like, no, like sometimes like the easy choice is the right choice. Like it doesn't have to be, 
mm-hmm. like a super dramatic John Cusack standing outside of your mm-hmm. window holding mm-hmm. a boombox over his head trying to win you back. Like sometimes right. it's just like, no, like people meet and they fall in love and they're just happy together. Right. Like you don't have to go through this like epic love journey that like yeah. all of these shows and movies and things make us believe that we have to go through to like really get to someone that we really love. Um, yeah. And like it would be kind of nice if that just happens with Jessa and Adam, these right. two people who you don't imagine will like ever be able to just be in a functional right. relationship right? where they're just like, no, I love you. Right. This is it. I mean, it's and like, it's like weirdly perfect. Like it's, yeah, it's great. And yeah, I mean, though they do have a little bit of like drama, right? Because sure. I mean, what happens with Jessa and Adam's or Jessa and um, Hannah's relationship? Are they still friends? They've been friends for forever. Does Hannah get over it? But you're right. It's something that's so natural and they're so pulled towards each other that it's not. And it's nice to see them kind of be just so like, this is easy. This is fun. This is something that we both enjoy and, are better people because of. Um, totally. I mean, I don't know. I really like them. And I am really kind of angry that Fran sucks so badly. I mean, we haven't gotten, I feel like we haven't gotten Fran's full story yet. And I, eventually no. we will. But yeah, I hope. S- so far, Fran is kind of sucking on the boyfriend front. And that's making me uncomfortable yeah um though i did i did really like i mean we'll get there but like i did really like the end of this week's episode yeah this week's episode is almost exclusively about marnie Mm -hmm. but you know marnie in the first season was my favorite character Mm -hmm. and i identified so much with her and i love i like i loved her and then it was like the second season the show got more popular and marnie just started sucking and it was just mm-hmm. too neurotic and, like, too self-centered. And I was just like, oh, God, mm-hmm. the worst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, she's, like, my least favorite character. But mm-hmm. so so when this episode was going to, like, became very clearly going to, like, be just about Marnie, I was just like, oh, God, this is going to be insufferable. Mm-hmm. But then I think that it was, like, they finally gave Allison Williams um, enough to work with to kind of make it to make Marnie a sympathetic character again. They're like, yeah, yeah, she's like totally a mess and so self-centered, but like she is a real person. And I thought Alison Williams did a really good job. Yeah. She became like a real, real person, which is great. Mm -hmm. Cause you're right. For so long, it was like, wow, you just suck. (laughs) Like everything about you is so vapid. And like, all you care about is your music and the, Yeah. So yeah, it, it was nice to see her this episode kind of get back to season one, Marnie almost where she like knows that she's a mess, but is like at least trying to like get the reins back and like take control of her own life. Yeah. And so this episode starts with her and Desi in bed and mm-hmm. like Desi just like being the worst. Mm-hmm. And so Marnie like storms out of the house, mm-hmm. like looking like a total mess Mm-hmm. Um, and looks like she's on her way to Hannah's probably, and um, because she's in Brooklyn now, and mm-hmm. is walking through what's probably Bushwick, mm-hmm. and she passes passes a group of guys who are making like semi lewd comments to her, mm-hmm. and 
she is walking past and like the camera's kind of like passing by like through these guys mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's like oh my god that's charlie mm-hmm. and so in this episode of girls marnie kind of has one of those moments where it's like mm-hmm. charlie at the end of season two you're just like oh, Marnie and Charlie are just going to, like, be together and be happy and Mm -hmm. live happily ever after. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Chris Abbott just, like, was like, nah, I hate what you guys are doing with Charlie, so, like, I'm out. And so they had to, like, make him just kind of, like, dip, and Marnie Mm -hmm. was just all broken and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so in this, she just kind of, like, lets him, like, have it and – is just like, yeah, like I was selfish, but like you were the worst. Yeah, like you and treated just like, me ha- like crap, like you suck. Yeah, and it was just like, oh, that was like, sh- they did a, a good job that, there. Mm-hmm. And you think that it's just gonna be like, oh, okay, like great, like there's some redemption and like some closure for Marnie. And then he's like, yeah, I was going through some stuff too. My dad killed himself. He hung yeah. himself. And you're just like, oh, okay. What? That was Sorry. like the most bizarre. <laughs> I think revelation or reveal or whatever that I've ever seen. Cause I was like, I was like, it's like, like left field. Yeah. I was like, that's such a reach, but like it works. Right. Cause they had to get rid of Charlie because the actor didn't want to be there anymore. And they had to find a way to make them, to make him into this horrible person that would say all these terrible things to Marnie. And you're just like, well, maybe he was just that horrible all along. But then it turns out that it's like, no, well, he was going through this like deeply emotional and horrible thing too. And it's like, I believe it. (laughs) Like, yeah, I know that it's totally a ploy to like be able to get him back in the show and explain why he was so terrible, but like, I'll buy it. Like I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Lena Dunham. And okay. Yeah. We can move on. Yeah. I kind of feel like maybe a little bit, um, they were like, yo, we, like, want you back on the show for an episode or two. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he was, like, okay, only if you, like, don't make me shave my beard and explain why I, like, look the way that I look now and, like, I get to be, like, all, like, whack now. But then it's, like, so, yeah, like, they're going to go to this party uptown. Mm -hmm. And he, like, gets her this, like, raspberry sequined gown. Yeah, it's awful. And... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she looks great, but it's awful. Yeah. And um, then it, like, starts becoming clear that he's, like, he, like, is very kind of, like, hyper and kind of skittish. And he keeps on being, like, yeah, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And so mm-hmm. you're, like, okay, that's a little bit weird, but, like, uh, all right, all right. And then they go to this bar that seems like it's, like, the bar at the plaza or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And basically, Charlie is a Coke dealer and Marnie pretends like she's a high class prostitute and like gets all of this money. Mm -hmm. And um, then they like go have a night out on the town and it like turns romantic and like they're starting to like feel all of the things that they used to feel for each other. And then they like are going back to his place because they like Mm -hmm. fall into a pond in central park and it all seems like wonderful Mm -hmm. and then they get mugged Mm -hmm. in bushwick (laughs) and i love that line by the way where he was like go back to park slope your mom will be mad at you it was like that's amazing (laughs) it's like it's the greatest thing that's ever been said on girls yeah there were like a lot of good little Mm -hmm. bits this week Mm -hmm. um yeah and so then they go back to 
Charlie's place that is like an actual crack den. Mm-hmm. And they sleep together. And Charlie's like, let's run away together. Mm-hmm. And it seems like for a second, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. And I was kind of like, I would genuinely be fine with Marnie just being like, all right, peace. Yeah. I'm with Charlie now. Same. I would have been like, like, that's ridiculous, but okay. And like, yeah, I would totally be into like random flashbacks or like flashes into like Charlie and Marnie's like runaway yeah. life together. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. I they were like, yeah, 100%. Like, we'll, we'll go someplace and open a general store in a place where they yeah. need a general store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, I'll, um, I'll, I'll do it. I'll take it. I'm into it. And then, you know, she goes to take a shower and she comes back and she finds a needle mm-hmm. and it's like, he says that he's diabetic, but it's very clear that he like now heavy does heavy drug use. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and she leaves. Well, because he's like a and- coke dealer too, which like she's weirdly okay with. Yeah, I mean, I think one maybe is, like, being thought of as, like, a means to an end, and the other mm-hmm. is, like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're like... Re- this you're real... You're re- this is not, like, a temporary thing. This is, like, your life now. Yeah, this is, like, a problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. Um, and, um, anyway, so, like, she walks barefoot back to her home with Desi, and Desi's sitting mm-hmm. on the steps, and Allison Williams does this, like, really fantastic job mm-hmm. of, like crying but like not really crying mm-hmm. and just telling desi that she doesn't want to be married anymore and they have this like non-fight fight mm-hmm. and he's just like okay and she's like thank you and it just felt like this such a real kind of yeah. breakup of her just being like i don't want to be married to you anymore yeah it's great and then he i mean he says some like pretty terrible things to her after that he says like for sure like, you're going to die alone or you're going to get run over by a car. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah. I don't remember. But yeah, it's like something totally just absurd. Just because, like, Desi sucks. But it's like, right. we all knew that this wasn't going to last. We all knew that she shouldn't have married him. And it was, like, about right. time that Marnie got onto the same page that, like, everybody else yeah. was on. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, I'm so happy that she's a real person again. So, like, then the way that the episode ends is that, like, Marnie's, like, I'm just going to go up and get some of my things. And then you see her go into Hannah's and it's – or it's, like, you then the, – the camera shot is just an overhead shot of Hannah and Fran asleep in their bed. Mm-hmm. And Marnie comes in and gets in the bed with Hannah and Hannah, like, looks over for a brief second and then just, like, they lie there and, like – it just was like it was so kind of flashback to the first season of, you know, the two of them just like being in bed together or being in the bath together and just like being these best mm-hmm. friends and they've grown apart so much and like don't need each other really. But then what was like so nice was that it kind of just felt like at the end of the day, the show is called Girls mm-hmm. and it's about this relationship between these different girls and that Hannah and Marnie are really like, they're the two main characters and their relationship is the main relationship of the show in so many ways mm-hmm. that it feels like, okay, like maybe we're getting back to that and like Marnie's going to move back into the apartment maybe or like something and in so many ways, like your best friend is or your best friend or your best friends mm-hmm. are these people who are going to be there for you in your life no matter what. And it just felt like, yeah, like, you know, whether it's Fran or Adam or Desi or Charlie, Mm -hmm. it's like, 
No, like Hannah and Marnie have been there for each other through all of it. So yeah. And that's even the relationship that matters. Even when we like get away from that and you're like, wow, they hate each other. Maybe they're not going to be friends anymore next episode or next season. They're still best friends. Yeah. And I love getting back to that. Right. And like getting back totally. to Hannah and Marnie and like Hannah knowing what or sorry and marnie knowing what hannah's fake showers sound like you know and like things like that yeah it's just like yeah 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 it's just like these are things that like we can all relate to because we're all that way with our best friends so good job lena you know i i really i'm enjoying this season i really think you're right it might yeah. be the best one well you know without uh the batch for us <laughs> We managed to talk a lot about yeah. just uh, our normal TV shows. So yeah. I guess that pretty sh- much does it for us. Yeah, I'm super into this. I like it. Um, yeah. So uh, thanks to Ben Sound for our theme music. Remember to check out our website, popofculturepod.com. Follow us on Twitter at popofculturepod and subscribe on iTunes at popofculturepodcast. And thanks for listening. And to take a little something from our maybe relative to the pod, Ira Glass, bear with us. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.